Hey everybody, there's a great new way to support Echoplex Media. Head on over to eplex.store and you can sign up at the $5, $10, or $20 a month level. Works just like Patreon, you get all the same benefits our patrons get, plus you get a discount for items in our swag shop, and coming soon, we have members-exclusive swag that you'll be able to pick up at a really low price. Enjoy the show. The liberals, not the conservatives, are the one who pound, pound, pound. <laughs> Just a bunch of people. 
everybody. Welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Friday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash echoplex media. Support this project at patreon.com slash echoplex, or even better, at eplex.store, like the councilman switched his uh, support over to just this last week. Um, we got a bunch of Pride merch. <clears throat> most of the proceeds from that new Pride merch, the stuff with the Pride 2023 logo, most of the proceeds from that goes to the Lambda Legal Fund. Been doing the hard work for 50 plus years. I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder. And this is the councilman. You can find me on Twitter if Twitter is still there at the underscore councilman and also up in your favorite social media devices as Hansel Mon. Um, you can also find me lurking and trying to get some eminent domain going in your backyard for uh, my uh, my extra swimming pool. Because um, I already have one. I think I need another one for sure. We were in California. After I need all. a second pool and it's going to be in your backyard. Exactly. Um, so, and we're going to be talking about land use disputes a little later on between neighbors. So that, that's totally appropriate. Um, really hope you'll tune in later for Conspiracy Bingo. Um, and make sure you tune in all weekend for Catterday and all the, and of course the big show on Sunday and all the fabulous broadcasting that producer Dave and others do on this wonderful network we call Echoplex. Thank you so much for having me. Let's get started. Fuck yeah. So what do we have for leading off? Uh, something you had it dropped in um, and I found some video on. I'd been watching this on the news the past couple nights. Apparently there's crime in Oakland um, and the the whites are upset. As is often so, the case. Yeah, so we'll learn more from NBC Bay Area. Neighbors in Rockridge got together tonight to talk about tackling crime and safety. This after a shocking robbery that was caught on camera. Our audio sister is here with more on tonight's meeting and how quickly it got heated. Just the Rock Ridge neighborhood has always been considered one of the safer areas in Oakland. But with that violent attack you mentioned and crime increasing, many say something needs to be done. It's a violent crime that has neighbors on edge in North Oakland. A 63-year-old woman attacked outside Market Hall in the Rock Ridge neighborhood last Sunday. Police say the attackers were part of a group of nine teens and preteens busted for dozens of robberies. So... Wow, I've never seen someone so immature. Tonight, Oakland City leaders, police, residents, and business owners gathered at Oakland Tech to talk about the incident and a recent uptick in crime. The discussion quickly got heated. The policy that you have done for the city council that has made us un- an unlivable city. We're almost encouraging this type right. of behavior, and we're not doing the little things. All I hear about you guys talk about is, oh, we can't do this because of this limitation. We can't do that. Adam Stemler owns Arthur Pizza. Max Tap and Snack on MLK Junior Way. He says his pizza shop has been broken into several times. His workers don't feel safe and his customers get their cars broken into. He spoke directly to city council member Dan Kalb tonight. Dan, with all due respect, you ignore us. My business partner emails you all the time. It's not, hold on, dude. I'll let you speak. Now, it's my turn to speak right now. You've said plenty today. Kolb hosted the meeting along with the Oakland Police Department and Department of Violence Prevention. People are rightfully un- concerned and have certain fears about it that we I totally understand and, and I share those concerns and, and frustrations. There have been about a dozen robberies in the Rock Ridge neighborhood so far this year. In total, the city of Oakland has had more than 900 robberies this year, according to CrimeMapping.com. Nearly 60% involved a gun, about 30% were strong-arm robberies. So. 
What's the answer? The key is to hold them accountable, to hold these perpetrators accountable. That could involve various psychological testing, various programs they must be required to go through as a condition of probation or, or what, why they're temporarily incarcerated. All sorts of things can happen, but nothing could happen if you don't catch these people. And so we have to catch them, then give them appropriate consequences. Residents say they're frustrated, but still hopeful. And it's all easier said than done. We love and I want to stay in Oakland, and I want to continue to do the work we're doing. But we need change, and we need it now. Audrey Assistio, NBC Bay Area News. I don't know what they expect fucking the city to do. Yeah, and I don't know what like new policies have gotten into place, right? That caused a you know a murder, right, or a death, like or violence. Like Oakland's a violent city. It, it has been for a very long time. It will continue to be. It's a city, you know, um, and it's unfortunate, but that's. What you get living in a city and san jose is slowly coming around to that fact i think san francisco gets it but there's still too many like tech bros and billionaires up in there claiming that it's just a, a hellhole on earth right um and that's exactly what you got here you got these bitty white folks from rock ridge you know i saw mostly shout out to the one black dude in front with the sign uh, who i didn't hear speak or say anything but he seemed to be in league with them but mostly older white folk um who you know uh are concerned about a lot of things Frankly, I mean, these are the same kind of folks you see at neighborhood meetings about traffic or parking or housing or, you know, um, any manner of uh, civic engagement, right? They're there and they're upset about it because they, you know, paid a lot of money to live in their neighborhood and therefore they don't deserve to deal with the same shit that someone in a neighborhood on the other side of town has to deal with, right? Or a more, uh, shall we say, colorful area of town has to deal with. Um so it's it's same old same old to to me and it's uh, poor Dan Cobb. <laughs> I don't know if he's a very good council member or not. I couldn't tell you. Um, but uh, you know, there's not much he like you said. There's not much he can do, right? <laughs> Even the police chief, you know, like what are you going to do about it? What are you? Gonna, well, I don't know. We're going to make sure that the person who did the crime, you know, um, gets some sort of uh, treatment and or punishment, right? For what they did like that's the best thing we can do is make sure we catch them, we put them on trial, and we convict them and they get whatever is coming to them, right? Like, <laughs> what else? What else can we do, right? So, it's it's uh, fucked up, and you could you the, like the councils people could never do this, but it'd be interesting if somebody just leveled with this people, these the people at these things, and go, what do you think we should do? Right. It's not as though Oakland is setting records for homicides, by the way, too. Like they're actually on the, from what I understand, on the down yeah. slope, um, and they have to be because I mean we're talking like like hundreds right or uh of, of murders on uh, on a regular basis on a oakland basis was never before. even uh, oakland was never one of the most dangerous mm -hmm. cities in the united states like when the right. crime was higher in oakland the crime was a lot higher in other cities yeah yeah compared to like seriously like dallas or um uh you know uh detroit right? st st louis st louis right per capita especially so um yeah uh again i uh it's not surprising um but it's it's kind of this attitude we're seeing right now out there um and a lot of uh, a lot of more affluent communities like you know affluent slash urban or slash city communities right um you know we shouldn't have to deal with this because we paid more to, to live here and that's just that's just bs like you you know you live in a city get get used to it <laughs> right you want to be near all you want to be near all this shit right all the shit that's in the city right and all this stuff and san francisco and the whole bay right you want to be here so that's what you're paying for. And yeah, you have to deal with 
you know, crime. There may just be, maybe it's not, maybe not a natural, but there may just be some kind of ebb and flow to this stuff that, that cities Mm -hmm. like historically go through and that like really like, yeah, you can, you can have better policy is better policy. Don't you like, we wouldn't do this show if we didn't think better city policy was better, but yeah, at like at some point, like, yeah, you just got to kind of accept the way of the world. It's uh, like, it's like, I just don't, I don't well, know it's, it's, what what's the city government supposed to do. Like, what yeah. outlaw crime? Oh well, actually, we already did that. <laughs> we did that, right? <laughs> this should be a, what this person did should be illegal to kill somebody. Um, it is. Um, but no, yeah, you know, in fact, they did. They really did the first thing right. Right, like they all got together. Everyone came together in a room, the community, right? And the, the but the next step was to just bitch out the the people in charge, right, or the people that they elected, or the police chief, right, and not talk together about like what can we do as a community to come together and you know, keep an eye on each other and watch each other, have each other's backs and be our brothers and our sisters keeper. Right. No one's having that conversation. Right. They're all just like, um, this woman got killed and what are we going to do about it? And by the way, I don't know much about the victim. They haven't really talked much about them, but I guarantee you, like if it was like a young black boy, right. This would not be making waves in this community. Right. Like they would be like, what was, he do- what was he doing in yeah, my what, neighborhood? What was he in the doing? First- exactly. Yeah, what, what was he doing he, in my fucking neighborhood? What was he doing out right? late at night in the first place? Why, why was he knocking on my door? Good God. I don't know this person. I'm going to like that actually happened. That actually happened recently. Someone got shot for knocking on the wrong fucking door. You've got to be kidding me. Right. So, I mean, I don't like people coming to my door either, but I mean, I don't show, I don't show <laughs> up with the door strapped. I just don't answer the fucking thing. I ain't going to shoot him. Um, so yeah, th- I think there's a lot of that here too. Um, and that's the, you know, the whole thing about there's a whole to do made about, you know, the disappearing or dis- the disappeared white woman. Right. But a black woman disappears and no one makes what about, about it. I think same, same thing. I think remember, the same principle applies here. Unfortunately. Remember when you were a kid and you went on a field trip and you had the buddy system, like mm-hmm. what about the buddy system for adults? Like, I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel yeah. like if people are going to go in there and yell, you should just start treating them like they're like they're on a field trip. Be like, listen, you know, there's a couple things you can do. Um, you know, don't, 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 don't walk around alone if you can avoid it. Um, you know, it's, you know, you're, it's not your fault if you're the victim of a crime, but yeah. if, if there's three of you, you're not, you're probably not going to be the victim of the crime. And right. so, yeah, so make some friends, more community yeah. engagement. Like, I don't yeah. know, like, I don't know the answer. I, I just, ever- I just assume that one of these, like, uh, I haven't been the victim of a violent crime, but I assume that it fucking, because I live in a city and I walk around late at night. Sometimes I assume one of these days, it's going to be my fucking turn. And that's it's just the fucking way of the world, man. The only violent crime I've been victim to in San Jose was, was by, the by the police. <laughs> <laughs> three years ago. Um, two days ago, by the way. Um, but yeah, or three years ago this week, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, buddy system would be great um and i really hope that they told everyone that there were juice boxes and granola bars at the end of the meeting if they all stuck around but, that, but i mean i mean it sounds snack. it sounds trite and like i'm making fun of it but like there are mm-hmm. statistically there are things you can do to reduce mm-hmm. just make yourself it just makes you a less enticing target it's not that it's your fault if you're the enticing target it's just like be the less enticing target I don't know. Maybe that, you know, that, that older woman had every right to walk down the fucking street, like to walk out of whatever shop she was at or whatever. Like, don't yeah. get, don't get it twisted. And maybe she's a, maybe she's a lonely old woman. And maybe she doesn't, maybe, maybe her friend, you know, I mean, you get to be a certain age. It's kind of hard to make new friends and shit, especially friends who want to go out late at night. So right. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer, but like, I'm not sure that yelling at your city council person is going to is going to get a whole lot done. You're, no, they're just going to think that you. And they're probably going to think what I think about the people in Rock Ridge, right? That that I think about much about much the same thing I think about the people in Los Gatos. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, you know. similar foothills. Uh, they they're just they're just mad. Where, where's where's uh, what's right above Rock Ridge? That real up in the hills there. What's that? I forget the name of the neighborhood up in the hills. Claremont. Just, yeah, they're no? just mad that they're not in Claremont. That's what they're mostly pissed <laughs> off about. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Well, anyway, more to come. More to come next time. An old white lady gets killed in Rock Ridge. We'll, yeah, and we'll, and we'll, they'll be screaming at the city council over shit that the city council really doesn't have recalled. much control over again soon. Uh, that's like one of the. That's actually become a more and more recurring theme around here. Tune in for Catterday tomorrow night, everybody. My God, the the, the 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 Shasta Board of Supervisors meeting was unfucking real. Anyway, um, what do we got for winners and losers? Well, uh, kicking off winners and losers because uh, there are no winners usually. Uh, San Francisco. Speaking of cities that uh, are dealing with uh, an overabundance of exaggeration of crime. Uh, they're also dealing with obviously the after effects of COVID and tourism dropping off. So for the first time in a long time, or if ever, San Francisco has had to engage in a marketing campaign to uh, invite people back to San Francisco because you know it's typically a pretty popular city. Uh, so we're going to find out more about the six million dollars they dropped on this shit. Well, new for you this morning, just in time for summer. San Francisco leaders, they are thinking outside of the box here. This is to bring back much-needed tourist dollars. Yeah, see what you think about this. Today in the base, Chris Sanchez joins us with a look at an expensive new ad campaign and some of really the harder numbers that it's leaving out. Yeah, so San Francisco tourism has been on the upswing, believe it or not. And this year, the city's travel association wants to do what it can to surpass the projection of nearly 24 million travel visitors that are expected this year. So here's a look at San Francisco's first ever TV ad. It's a little bit catchy. <laughs> My first no, thought was, where's the fog? <laughs> right? Where's the fog? <laughs> we do see a lot of San Francisco's iconic neighborhoods and many of the things that San Francisco is famous for. The ad was released just yesterday, but already the response online, you guys, is uh, pretty rough. I bet it's classic. Yeah, so people say it misses San Francisco's real charm. Others say that it fails to show San Francisco as it really is. That is sometimes gritty and sometimes grimy. San Francisco is battling those headlines about stores shutting down in Union Square and other places, open air drug use and sales right out fri- outside the doors of City Hall and daily social media videos of people showing the filth on the streets and the smash and grab robberies that a lot of us have fallen victim to. So we have those two sets of images, right? Uh-huh. Which one tells the truth? Let's take a look at San Francisco PD's crime data comparing the first five months of this year with the same period last year. Overall, crime is actually down in San Francisco about 7%. There were 10% fewer burglaries, which is 255 fewer break-ins in five months' time. There was a 22% decrease in rape. But the crimes likely to make tourists think twice are up. There was a 25% increase in homicide, which is four more people who died by homicide. There was a 17% increase in robbery, so 157 more cases there, and a 6% increase in auto theft 
about 149 more cars and other vehicles stolen. So the ad is San Francisco's first ever TV commercial, and it is part of a $6 million campaign that folks will see in New York, Chicago, D.C., Boston, Houston, and some elements will also target international markets. They really are trying to get some of the folks who plan big events as well. So the campaign started yesterday. Okay. It's going to continue on through October, which we know is one of the nicest times to visit San Francisco, right? Um, and the hope is to capitalize on the tourists coming now so that when the Super Bowl comes to the South Bay, mm. San Francisco can get some of the festivities too. Yeah. That ad made me not want to go to San Francisco. Yeah, right. <laughs> not, not super exciting. I mean, I, I see ads. You, I, if you watch enough TV, you do see ads for other cities, right? And locales, um, the sort of tourism videos. Um, and none of them are pretty, all that compelling, frankly. <laughs> but it's, that is the most glossed over version <laughs> you will ever see of San Francisco. So I don't think that's the truth, hashtag. I also don't think that hashtag... You know, London breeds San Francisco falling apart at the seams with drugs and crime and crimes and drugs um, is also is I, the truth either. Um, I think it is somewhere in between, like we talk about a lot here on Down Ballot. It's a very Down Ballot-y city. So I don't think you get these like kind of big cultural, like you don't get one without the other. I just don't think it mm -hmm. exists anywhere. You don't get this, like all these people that are there, there's going to be problems. You don't get these fucking parades and all all this you don't get these this these neighborhoods with all this history and all that stuff you don't get it without the fucking grime of a city you just yeah. don't no. you can't have it you are correct that and we're going to get an example another example of the and the like, grime and the, the grit of the city in the next story but oh um my God. Yeah, and yeah like, it, it just, they should have, have to just get made, over they yourselves. Should, they should just run this as a commercial. This next thing that we're going to look at be like, San Francisco, we're just as petty as you are. <laughs> this should be the ad. They're going <laughs> to save themselves six, $6 million. Apparently, oh. there's a, a property line dispute of some kind, and it it went bad. Like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Yes. An island land dispute in San Francisco turned violent. Watch this. At the heart of the controversy is no one is certain who owns this land. There's no agreement oh. how it should be used. One thing we know, it apparently worth fighting for. Here's NBC Barrier's Terry McSweeney. This is a fight over who controls a strip of land one block long near 22nd and Harrison Streets. A woman, Elizabeth Creeley, with friends of Mission Greenway, knocks a bag of Cheetos away from Rudy Rucker of Monkey Brain's <laughs> internet service, who had built a slab for his planters that she was tearing down. She starts taking video, and he knocks the camera out of her hand. The woman then uses that hand to punch Rucker in the face. What is this all about? And you want to use this to load unload leave cars overnight correct yes we want to we want to use this area as is for parking historically and that is monkey brains internet service ceo alex menendez on the strip right behind his company's building mission greenway has other ideas for the former southern pacific right-of-way so do other nonprofits. the obvious use for it would be um, open space some kind of park or something like that a big part of the problem is no one knows exactly who owns this land 
This strip over the many years has been divided into dozens of trusts across the country. Some people don't even know they own some of this. And I'm told the city of San Francisco has no legal option whatsoever in deciding what happens out here. And then she kind of came up and gave me a body check or she bounced into me. The four of them had their cameras out and I knocked one of the, the camera out of their hand and she came in and she gave me a, a punch right in the jaw. Creeley tells me off camera she felt intimidated. That's a great punch. Boom. Back. This is all happening. Uh, I, I think her hitting him was self defense. He was considerably yeah. larger than her and tr coming towards her. Very well landed, though. But no one's taking her up. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with that lady. San Francisco, Terry McSweeney, NBC Bay Area News. Okay. So for something like this, there's got to be like a solution because the one person, the, 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 the person who said, hey, this, we could just like put a park here. I was like, that sounds great. Why don't you just put a fucking park there? But because they can't figure out who actually owns the land, apparently, um, it's all tied up in, like they said, trusts and, and gobbledygook and estates and all sorts of shit. Because it's an, if it's an old Union Pacific or a, a, a you know a rail line, uh, yeah, the, the land ownership probably goes way the fuck back to like the 1800s, uh, especially if it's in San Francisco. So yeah, they more than likely can't figure out who owns the land. And if you don't know who owns the land, then there really isn't much you can do. You can zone it for something, but the city... I don't even know if you can do eminent domain if you don't, if you can't, because you have to make <laughs> a reasonable offer. We don't even know offer. who we're eminent domaining this. <laughs> yeah, from. yeah, because you have to make a reasonable offer to the, that's part of the process is make a reasonable pay, uh, payment offer to the, the owner of the property. I have an idea. Um, I have an idea. We should put a fight club there. No. Yeah. <laughs> bring attention to the, bring attention to the land. With plants? With plants, with yes, some, of course. With some potted plants around, around the ring, right? Uh, yeah, around yeah. the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> park mafia jeff chat says <laughs> <laughs> well maybe there, there's there are other reasons why people aren't coming to san francisco and it's not strictly because you might be one of those four extra people that got killed last year um but it could just be that you know that you can't find if you do kill somebody and do crimes you can't find an attorney who'll take your case that could be the, that could be the case let's check that out here here's more on the uh i'm going to call this the, the i've called this the tech bro murder of 2023 Today's court proceeding was supposed to be the start of a preliminary hearing for Nemo Momeni. It's a chance for prosecutors to outline the evidence and a time for defense attorney Paula Canny to argue that prosecutors don't have enough evidence to send her client to trial. But none of that happened. Instead, she filed paperwork to withdraw from the case and the judge granted that motion. So I'm not his lawyer anymore. I don't represent Nima Momeni. In her motion, Canny cited a conflict of interest with her client. But she says legally she cannot disclose what or when that conflict arose, telling us that could jeopardize her law license. I still like being a lawyer. <laughs> happens. Oh, I like her. She's like, she's <laughs> is she by the book, right? Is she, right. Oh, absolutely. Her not disclosing what the conflict of interest is is probably by the book. Yeah. No, absolutely. You, you should, yeah, shouldn't have to. No, under no obligation. You know, energetically, I have my way. Clients have their way. With Canny no longer representing him in court, Nima Momeni spoke more than he ever has in prior hearings. However, cameras were not allowed in today's proceeding. This is file video from earlier hearings. Momeni had an extended exchange with the judge today, trying to decide on timing of his next hearing with his new attorney. Momeni had previously demanded the preliminary hearing begin as soon as possible. Momeni is charged with murder in the stabbing death of Cash App co-founder Bob Lee last month. With Paula Canny now stepping aside in this high-profile case, the new attorney who's going to be taking over the defense of Nima Momeni is said to be Miami, Florida-based Sam Zangune.
By phone, Zangune tells me Momeni's family reached out to him last week asking if he could take over the case. He agreed. Zangune, who says his clients include rappers and pro sports athletes, also says he's taken on some high-profile criminal cases. In 2019, he represented accused murder-for-hire gunman Sigfredo Garcia and was featured in Dateline NBC's coverage of that case. The only person who can tell you that Sigredo Garcia got out of the car and purportedly shot Dan Markell is who? <clears throat> the guy who got the deal of a lifetime. Garcia was convicted of murdering Florida law professor Dan Markell and is serving a life sentence in Florida State Prison. Nemo Momeni's next hearing, presumably with his new attorney, is set for June 13th. In San Francisco, Sergio Quintana, NBC, Bay Area News. Lawyer seems like the lawyer is going to make this whole thing about the lawyer. <coughs> That's my take, just based on, just based on, and I don't know, maybe he's real good, but it looked, he was on Dateline NBC. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'd like my murder trial to be a little more low key than that when I, when I eventually <laughs> just snap and kill some tech bro one day. <laughs> Producer Dave was just a normal guy from around the way. Uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a normal day in San Jose. The birds were chirping, the sun was shining, and producer Dave was in a mood. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, good on the the attorney for you know being prudent, um, and for also just being professional too. Um, good on her. She's been great this whole time, actually. This it's a really it's a tragedy. It sucks, and in general, but uh, she's been a, a fun part of it. So I'm sad to see her go. So the future stories about that will not be as entertaining. Yeah, she seemed good. Uh, she seemed like pretty matter of fact, and uh, she was like, I, you know, the idea that she can't tell you what the conflict of interest is totally makes sense because maybe the maybe the contrast conflict maybe divulging that would be prejudicial towards someone somehow in some way. And, and she's like, I don't want to lose my law license, so I can't answer your question. Um, shit happens. Right. Yeah, I mean, not much I can do about that. Exactly. I still got to get. I got to get paid. I got to get. I got to eat. Um, well, uh, if you're terribly concerned about Rockridge and all the crimes there, um, maybe I don't want to watch out if you're bicycling through Berkeley because, uh, shit happens there too. And this is, I don't know, uh, this is either going to be a, this is either going to be a funny story or I'm going to be like, this is terrifying. We'll see. It, it could <laughs> we'll only see. go one of two ways. We'll see. I don't know yet. Of offense. Tonight, two East Bay couples are recovering after they say a construction fence trapped them while they were out just for a bike ride. They're demanding something be done so this doesn't happen to others. NBC Bay Area's Gia Vang is in Berkeley for us with this exclusive story. It's a Berkeley bike path Jonathan Carey and Amy Schoenblum have taken plenty of times before and again on Monday around noon with two friends of theirs. You just don't imagine that this could happen to you and it was over in a second. Soon it turned into this, open wounds on the head. The Berkeley Fire Department called and the only ride they were getting was to a hospital. Amy now has a broken arm and wrist and she might need surgery. All because the fence they say was only standing on concrete blocks trapped them under when the bay winds likely toppled it. My experience was horrifying because I thought it was just me and the woman, my friend, and I started calling to the men so that they knew to stop. But even 50 or so yards ahead of them, Jonathan was under the metal too. We 
happened to be like a tidal wave in the middle of the tidal wave as it started in one end and went to the other end within seconds. People passing or driving by helped free the four. Caltrans says the fence was actually installed as a safety precaution while its contractor constructs the I-80 Gilman Street interchange project. A Caltrans spokesperson said they're currently working with the contractor, O.C. Jones, on the situation, who hired a subcontractor to install the fence. In a statement, the Department of Transportation said Caltrans and O.C. Jones are working together regarding the situation. The fence will be further reinforced by June 1st to protect the public. We reached out to O.C. Jones and the subcontractor number listed on the fence but did not hear back. We did notice yellow ropes are now fashioned in different spots from a sign and a tree onto the fence. It's unclear when those appeared, but Jonathan and Amy said they weren't there Monday. They want safety for everyone and that might mean taking the whole fence down. Definitely it shouldn't have happened and our whole reason for making our story even public is because we don't want this to happen to anybody again. What's next for the couple? Likely doctor's visits and at least for Amy, rehab. Caltrans reps tell the couples that they could file a claim with the department. Gia Vang, NBC, Bay Area News. <laughs> you could file a claim with the department? Those people getting a lawyer. People aren't <laughs> filing no fucking claim with the department. Already have one, probably. Right, right. Yeah, they, yeah they, they, they struck me as people who uh, have some, somebody on retainer. But that's terrifying, actually. I'm perfectly honest, that's terrifying. Like, yeah, you're just riding was... in, like this fence. It's not like one piece of fence fell down. The whole fucking thing, I don't know, hundreds like of a... yards, hundreds of meters of the fence fell down. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy, one guy said it like a wave, right? It was sort of just, you, can see, you could see that in your mind's eye, right? The wind, the wind blowing it over and like a curl. Um, taking everyone out. Yeah, that's that is awful. Um, and she looked like she got pretty banged up. So hey, they they have a good case. Good likely. on the good on the people driving by who stopped to help them, like and notice. Yeah, for going sure. On. Like for sure, for sure. Good. I mean, don't, you know, there are no, there are enough of them out there. Um, uh, so good, good on them for for helping out. Um, I like that. We called out to the men, but the men were like gone. Oh wait, no, they were also crushed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Damn man, no, he's taken off. Um. Well, uh, speaking of like getting crushed by like rocks um well this story kind of has to play for itself it's just too much backstory to, to get into so uh but yeah some rocks in fremont are causing everyone headaches but in fremont the battle over these boulders right there has taken a turn for concern the rocks were installed a couple of years ago to stop rvs from parking along the road area there not far from the tesla factory but a recent fatal crash is sparking a discussion about safety and as jose martinez reports critics are worried the boulders may be causing more problems than they're actually solving Kelly Abreu, a Freeman resident, a member of the Mission Peak Conservancy, says he's concerned and wants to warn others about these boulders on Cato Road. Uh, the city is not listening to the motorists because uh, this is, uh, presents a, a, a danger to, to motorists. The installation has stirred controversy since 2020, but especially now. On May 12, a 57-year-old woman sustained severe injuries when her vehicle collided with the boulders. She died six days later. The, the boulders were not intended to, to interact with the cars. They're intended to deter, um, a homeless, eradicate a homeless encampment. But the effect, especially on some of these sharp curves, is to put a, uh, a dangerous obstacle right in front of the motorist. So the fact that the motorist drives straight into uh, boulders and uh, one of them died, um, that is uh, uh, a safety hazard that should have been foreseen and should have been you know, designed for. 
Kelly tells me that most of those RVs that used to park here are now here on Stewart Avenue. You can see the number of vehicles parked along the road for miles and miles. The rate of homelessness in, grew in Fremont over the last couple of years. Every three years they do a survey. The latest survey showed a huge jump in the homeless in, in, across the Bay Area, but especially in Fremont. So, so uh, the city doesn't have the resources to, to address this. But, you know, putting in boulders that are dangerous for motorists is certainly, the, is certainly not, the, not the way to address this. But the city tells me that the decision to install the boulders was based on ensuring the security and the well-being of people living in RVs. The limited space between Cato Road and I-880 is shared by a bike lane and experiences heavy traffic on both sides. Jose reached out to Fremont Police. They tell us alcohol was a factor in the crash last month and the driver's cause of death is still under investigation. Oh, the cause of death was crash. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Regardless of whether or not they had alcohol in their system, uh, definitely was so, that. I, I mean, I guess like better that the person runs into a boulder than like somebody living in an RV. You're like reducing the number of people impacted by this, by this crash. That that's a positive way of looking at it. I would say yes. I, I don't know why they got to be on the corners. Like they, you say, you saw they were like, there were boulders in places where no one would park though, because there wasn't room. Yeah, no, I I remember actually because uh, the good wife and I make this make the trek up a uh, mission uh, between eight eighty and six eighty quite a bit, um, and so we've seen this spot site many many times enough to know that the the Tesla factory is actually north of where they had that pin. Um, that's more of the Tesla like I, I don't know if it's an R and D or if it's offices whatever uh, corporate offices, but that's what that is there. But I I just find it amusing also that. The only thing they, the only landmark they bothered to point out was Tesla, right? Like Seagate has a space there where Cylindra Well, Seagate just sold that space, actually. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, regardless, the fact that they felt the need to point it out at all, right? Other than just like, this is the road, this is Mission, this is 8080, like the roads as the landmark. They decided to, again, as we, we like to, we like to note, they like to single out Tesla for whatever reason. Um, the tech the, and, uh, I wonder if uh, Elon and, put those boulders there himself. Yeah, right. Possibly. Well, that's, that was one thought we had, the good wife and I, when we first saw them go in. But, but the first thought, we had, for the very first thought we had was, was a dick move. That was, it was rough because we'd seen the the RVs and folks parked there and living there for many, many uh, moons. And suddenly they weren't there and the boulders were. And we knew exactly what that was all about. So, uh, yeah. So <laughs> shame on them for, <laughs> for putting them in in the first place. Um, but maybe if, yeah, if that is the silver lining that if this person was intoxicated, they didn't plow into some per another person, right. Or someone's home. Yeah. Um, I there, but there are like, what, you know, those like, what, why not? Why boulders? Like, aren't there other kinds of barriers available to like public works that are not boulders? Well, I, that's the thing. I don't know if it was public works or if this is a private property strip that was, that they just did this on. I think I, I don't know that the city had anything to do with it, honestly. Um, it might just be what the the property owners did. Um, I did find it interesting that there's a bike lane right there, right? So there's another hazard for for bicyclists in Fremont in the Bay Area in general. Oh yeah, that's not that's not great either for the cyclists. Now you're like between like now if if if, if like somebody's like driving like not paying that much attention and you're a cyclist, now you're like between a car and a boulder, right? A rock and a hard place, literally. So uh, 
that's again one less one, one less safe space for or one allegedly safe space right it's a bike lane but it's not a very safe bike lane i don't um, imagine there's a whole lot of cycling traffic through there but that actually makes it worse for the people who are cycling there right yeah places with I less cycling think. traffic are scarier on a bike because nobody's there's not people aren't used to it yeah of course you're not expect you're not expecting to see uh, so I, I would certainly not be expecting to see someone on a bike in on that street if i was it's a frontage road you know i'm uh right and, and a lot of folks are like going home or, or coming to or from work, right? Commuting and they're zoned out, right? They're not thinking about what they're doing. And maybe the person on the bike is commuting and zoned out and tired. Correct. And like all everyone is. Yeah. Like I, when I worked in North San Jose, I, man, the, 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 the worst part of that commute was riding in North San Jose. It was literally the mile or so from the, the, the trail, um, I forget what trail that is. It's the one everybody says is terrifying through downtown San Jose. No, the terrifying Guadalupe, part wasn't that Guadalupe trail. River. Yeah, the Guadalupe yeah, the Gua- River. Yeah, the terrifying part was not the Guadalupe River Trail and the fucking kids smoking weed and the fucking people living in tents. The terrifying part was the drivers not paying attention going down Brokaw Road. Like, so, yeah, yeah like, so that's even, I was one. I was one of them once. Yeah, that's sure. that's even so that's even worse for the cyclists there because nobody's looking for them there, and people should you know people people should, people can ride that that just looks like a bad solution to the problem. People in chat were like, could they put up like some kind of plastic barriers with reflective fucking material on them so you see them at night? Like, sure. is there there's nothing less there's not a whole lot less reflective than a rock, right? Like well, if, they also there's also the, all these business owners in the area. It's not like they don't have space in their enormous parking lots. Um, that they could offer to folks to safely park their shit overnight, right? And 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 have a shared space because they're not fucking using the parking lots overnight, and they're certainly not using all the lots now that most people are doing the hybrid thing anyway, unless they're like a manufacturing like uh, uh, company. So, uh, yeah, I I don't see why there couldn't have been another solution. Agree. Well, well I want to find out whose decision it was for the boulders because that that person can go fuck themselves. Yeah, let's find out if I, I just, it just seems, it seems like one of the things that like someone who didn't like us, just, just doesn't like government, right? They would think the city did it, right? Or, or one of us cynics would think that the city must have done it. But I also just feel like it was the property owners for some reason. It just seems like one of those dick move kind of things. I don't think that a city would do that kind of that, that big of a dick move. They might clear the folks out, right? But um, they'd find some other like park or like they said, a strip of open space like another artful way to to use the space not just that uh, well okay anyway. here's we're gonna move on to get your shit together and san francisco yeah. <laughs> needs to get their shit together i'm not even gonna we're not even gonna introduce this clip this is this is this is this is one of the big problems here with the bay area though is that uh billionaires think they can just solve all of our public problems by being their billionaire self here's a an example of that from uh, abc7 news Billionaires get a bad name in the Bay Area, but one is donating big money. We're talking $2 million this time to try to save downtown San Francisco. Joining us live now is Chris Larson, co-founder and executive chairman of the blockchain-based payments firm Ripple. Oh, fuck this guy. Oh, this guy's a con artist. Fuck this guy. I mean, look at him. He He looks like a penis in a suit. Great to be here. You're a serial entrepreneur who invested in crypto. Your net worth is in the billions. You are on the Forbes list of the wealthiest individuals. We won't say where, because that changes all the time. Now, that's the financial intro, but how would you like to be introduced? 
He did a good well, job. Yeah, I'm the exec chair of Ripple. We have a great team that's running the, the company day to day, and we're really proud of them. Um, but I actually spend most of my time now on philanthropic efforts. Um, climate change is, is uh, probably takes most of my time. But we're really focused on trying to... 100% this dude has the words effective altruism in his Twitter profile. Francisco, uh, both recover and, and, and just improve from the fantastic place that it is. Uh, and it's actually a lot of fun to be doing that because we have a lot of challenges, but they're all, they're all very fixable. And, uh, you know, we're really honored to be able to help where we can. You have donated many rounds to causes in San Francisco. Why are you so committed to the city in particular? Well, you know, I was born here. <laughs> this is where my parents met. Uh, went to, you know, SF State, um, you know, paid $100 a semester when I went there. What bargain of the century. I know it's a little more expensive, still the bargain of the century. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we love this place and uh, absolutely convinced it's the best place. So you're, <clears throat> you're a, gov- a billionaire created by government largesse. Go on. It's the most innovative place, the most accepting place, uh, always has been, always will be. And, uh, you know, this is where we want to be. Yeah. Best place on the planet. Going through some ch- challenges currently. And I know you're trying sure. to make an impact there, right? So let's talk about your latest commitment, the $2 million. I understand it will go to about 50 organizations to uh, improve retail, but in different ways. Talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, we, we obviously noted that during the pandemic, uh, you know, small businesses probably suffered the most. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge category of uh, San Franciscans uh, and, and our work. I think it's 100,000 people uh, work in small businesses and they really got hurt. So we tried to find ways to help that and kind of stumbled across uh, something I didn't realize, but there's actually 34 merchant districts in San Francisco. Uh, it's, it's really a, a huge community. And what's powerful about that? Like I gave money to Tiffany you know, and Co. It's a very diverse city. <laughs> uh, it's got so many interesting things that you know. Even being here my whole life, I didn't realize. And these merchant districts, they know exactly what they need in their neighborhoods and in their mini downtowns uh, to help improve things. So the idea here was simply empowering them with resources, but let them decide mm-hmm. what they need. It was that lighting, was that signage, was that safety, cleanliness, whatever it might be, you know, we find that sort of hyper-local approach mm-hmm. uh, is going to get the best uh, bang for the buck. Cupcakes. A lot of Did he donate in Bitcoin? With some of the anchor stores leaving Nordstrom, you know, on Market Street and also Mission District has gotten some attention. But talk about where you think uh, the need is greatest. Which shopping districts are you most focused on? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a little, maybe more of a complicated answer on that one, because I do believe uh, we do have to protect Union Square. It's not just sort of a a pretty place to buy, you know, handbags, right? It is kind Um, of that. It's the lifeblood of, you know, kind of the tourist industry. It is a huge driver of revenue. No, that's the pier. Supports homeless services and you name it, right? So we do have to protect that. Uh, The head of that, I'll just give a little plug to Marissa Rodriguez, who runs the... uh, uh, a Union Square Association, uh, they need all the help they can get. So we do have to protect that really as a lifeblood of the city. That said, though, we've got these incredible merchant districts all over the city, Hayes Valley, you know, Fisherman's Wharf, uh, Balboa, you know, uh, Glen Park. Um, it, it is really a diverse, rich, uh, you know, gem that we've, we've got. You named all the rich places with the Castro. And I tell you, those small businesses, they just, you know, they're so vulnerable and they have been so strong through this unprecedented, you know, multiple years of setbacks uh, and challenges with public safety, you name it. And they're hanging in there. So we really got to be proud of them. 
so again, kind of anything I think we can do mm-hmm. uh, to help them is really important. And by the way, one of the things we're trying to do with, with this effort is encourage other uh, businesses, leaders, people that have resources to contribute there. I think it's one of the best channels because it's super efficient. Um, they know what to do and they make the most of the resources that, that mm-hmm. they get. So we, we love this channel of going right to the small uh, business districts. I know previously you had given money. Wait, why is, <clears throat> why is ABC7 running, a, run, running an ad for this guy's fucking philanthropy organization? Maybe he made a, a donation to their organization. Who knows? <laughs> it's possible. Uh, like, this right. is just a commercial for this guy. Oh, 100%. Someone sent them a, a release or something, and they're, you know, they, their producers want to make nice with a, with a billionaire, don't? wouldn't you, right? Everyone wants to be friends with a billionaire. Jeff in the chat was saying this kind of reminds, <clears throat> and in a way, yeah, that's like, I don't, you've probably never seen it. We run it sometimes. So Scientology TV will run these mm-hmm. things about how they're investing in the community. And this has mm-hmm. big, like, Voices for Humanity uh, vibes. <laughs> like, <laughs> This oh, is like we've, like we've we've sent people to the community to uh stop the biker gangs and it's like dude this guy's like giving money to business to like probably to like business associations yes yes no and and, and he's giving lip service to all of the diverse or allegedly diverse i don't mean, like you said he didn't really list the diverse ones but uh diversity of neighborhoods of a business association throughout the city but he started out by saying we absolutely have to invest a lot of money in union square because it's it's the it's the lifeblood it's the heartbeat of the city right it's not just where you can get your bulgari watches and your handbags and your tiffany jewels but that's what it is that's exactly what it is and that's why it's a lifeblood of the city because yeah there's a lot of fucking revenue coming through there for sure like that's why um, so, that's yeah, why that's why like when even to this day <clears throat> if, if uh, family or family friends come from out of town my parents know they don't know what's going on in the city and they're like, hey, Dave, we're we're going to take you to the city, but you're going to show us this. You're going to show us around, and then so we don't go to no Union Square unless like the person coming wants to see Union Square. But then we go there, and they're like, oh, this is a mall. Yeah, outdoors <laughs> with a with the park in the middle of it. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> and a big old hotel. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty much what's going on here. It's and, uh, uh, like, just making nice with money. You know where it's cool to take people though is Golden Gate Park. Um, for sure. especially if they've for never sure. seen Golden Gate Park, very cool place to take people. And then right there's the hate show people, taquerias fucking then and take people to the Castro. And I don't like the wharf, but yeah, you take people to Fisherman's Wharf and get them a bread bowl with some shitty clam chowder in it. Like you could totally avoid downtown, right? You could totally yeah. avoid what we call downtown San Francisco and do a better job of showing people the city. If yeah. family friends have, uh, 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 people in their crowd who are younger the older folks leave and the younger ones will stay and go to south of market right. and go party a little bit go go, go, go get drinks yeah. go to a club like right. <clears throat> there the this guy's idea of what san francisco is is fucking warped he he wants to turn san francisco into san jose <laughs> seems like it uh, but he th- but he says you know he wants to make sure that the people at the ground level they know what to do with the money so just making the investment there is the way to go. I'm not going to be prescriptive or mansplained, but we really need to invest in Union Square. <laughs> I bet uh, they gave no money to Soma. Yeah. Oh God. I you know yeah I didn't hear anything about Petrero Hill or uh, you know uh, the hate. hate the hate although the hate uh, the hate like a rich people place now. Sure, Bay Point, the third, you know, third street. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go down that third street line, ain't none of those neighborhood neighborhood associations getting a dime of this billionaire's money. Yeah, Uh, maybe right there by the ballpark, but that's like on this side. 
if you go if you get down to like the Bayview, like the Warriors, you know where the, the new arena is, right? The the Children's Hospital, maybe a few blocks around that. But after that, it's it gets pretty pretty gnarly, pretty crazy. Right, once it stops being gentrified. As uh, you talked about lighting, and I know these different groups that you gave money to do do th different things. Uh, but security lighting. and safety aside, are there efforts through some of these grants to make it fun to bring back events and things that will really draw people? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's actually most uh, of what these projects are, because that's what the needs are, right? So lighting, for example, it turns out just stringing some lights in maybe a dark alley in one of these districts or in the main uh, shopping area, it brightens things up. It looks festive. Uh, it actually improves safety. People love it. That's not an event, really though. Expensive to do that. So we, we love that. I would not want to go to this guy's uh, event. Some of these districts, they just are putting up signage, way, wayfinding uh, signage to show, hey, here's where we can get a cup of coffee. Here's where there's a great art store. Uh, like, what about the club? Where are the club at? I like the visual. The like the visual they're just scrolling through the website. <laughs> like, where are the fucking punk band playing, dude? Why, what the, these people, they... Come on, where's the Cat Roba Show event? Like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Where's a coffee shop? Fuck you, there's a coffee shop on every corner in San Francisco. That's probably right. the problem. Right. Walmart oh. Street. Uh, that will improve uh, that this year's uh, efforts there. And just even art walks. You know, we have a lot of shutdown uh, shops oh. in some of these districts. Well, you can fill those with sort of pop-up art installations, and then you have these art walks. Uh, so, so several of the programs. Uh, he's. This is all basic. That's a great way. To yeah, no, he's like, oh, I saw this on the internet. This is all live, laugh, lively neighborhood shit. Like new innovative ways of uh, engaging with these neighborhoods. Do you feel like your efforts are being met with the full support of city government, whether it's the mayor, the supervisors, other agencies, police department? It kind of takes all those stakeholders, right? It does for the many problems we obviously have to address. Uh, the cool thing about the, this uh, Avenue Greenlight is it's super non-political, right? So everybody loves it, right? Uh, it's super non-political. Where uh, Soups loves it, the mayor loves it, police love it. So th this one's really fun. You know, when you do, when you talk, yeah, you're throwing money around. Story. Fucking people love you. Right, but he's like throwing, like Chat was saying, he's throwing like forty grand around to a to a few neighborhood associations. Like that's right. Like uh, that's why he's talking about stringing up lights in an alley because you're not really going to do a lot with forty grand, right? Right. Two. I mean, even two million dollars total. Like you could be kidding me, right? Bill billionaire. How many times over did they say like right. two million dollars? Like good, good on you. Yeah, Maybe. chat again. Chat's like, well, hear hear me out. What if you just pay your fucking taxes and let the city deal with this? You dumb. Right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the chat with the win. Perfect. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Have, uh, you know, people. He's uh, all. He's all recreate peasants. <laughs> how you're doing it? Yeah. Uh, but this is just sort of pure joy and goodness, and we, we exhibit yourself. Well, let me just ask you. Tech and you know, tech wealth have been blamed for some of the problems, maybe even a lot of the problems that the city is going through, right? Driving up housing costs, traffic, um, indirectly creating homelessness, only to now abandon... No, directly creating homelessness. ...downtown a ghost town. That's one of the narratives. Uh, do you agree that there's some responsibility there? There is responsibility, for sure, because uh, prices have gone up. Um, so uh, I think businesses do have to step up. Uh, but I think clearly a lot of the uh, kind of blame... Get, it, it, we spent first of all we spend too much time blaming each other in this city we got to work on, on more solutions um but uh, i think one of the problems has been with tech is they just haven't even engaged right uh it's sort of like okay i love the city this is awesome 
uh, but you know, all this uh, vitriol, I'm just gonna stand back. We can't do that anymore. We have to engage, even if it gets you know unpleasant sometimes. Um, the business community, the tech community has to be there and being part of these solutions, the public safety and growth and uh, criminal 50, justice. 50, 50, now 70, 30. This was one of the guys when our, when the, when the cash app founder was murdered, this is one of the guys probably tweeting about that shit, right? <laughs> like 80, 20, this guy was tweeting all about how it was like the homeless and turned out it was just yeah. a, a, as is almost, as is very commonly the case with a violent crime. It was somebody he knew. Or more likely he was retweeting Elon. You name it, right? We've got to be there. The good news is I see more and more of that. I think the community now uh, is stepping up, and that's that's a positive. Yeah, from the reporting standpoint, I see more and more of that recently as well. And you just answered my last question about what do you encourage other tech leaders to do. So, Chris Larson, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Chris Larson. Thank you for the eight-minute advertisement. He's like, oh my. he's like, here's a nickel. Go to the casino, peasant. <laughs> <laughs> here's, and here's, here's, here's a handful of quarters. Go play some pinball, young right. man. Get here's the- a free beverage. Keep playing. Oh Keep my spinning. God. Keep spinning. He's like, we need signs to the coffee shop. I, uh, well, I just can't fucking believe it. You, know, you don't need a sign to the coffee Wait, shop. Right. You should follow your fucking nose if they're doing just, it just right. Just walk. Just walk yeah. anywhere. Right. Sniff for the coffee. Uh, well, ho- hopefully, you know, he'll be able to get San Francisco shit together because obviously like, they need. Like when she know. was like, oh, is this going to go to events? And he's like, we're going to string some lights up in an alley. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, dude. Are you, are you facing any blowback? Well, this is super non-political. I mean, right, like, what yeah, if, you're just giving money out, obviously. What if, what, if the, what if the people in the neighborhood actually like that that alley is dark because there's nowhere to take a fucking piss? <laughs> like it's so you just go stand behind a dumpster you take a piss there and now now go. this dude's lighting that shit up so now you've now i guess people are gonna see your wang and now you've committed a sex crime like <laughs> now the, this guy's lighting scheme is gonna increase sex crime in san francisco <laughs> i like you i like first Dave. you're always thinking of unintended consequences and that's what i like about you and the the, the other thing he's like oh these un these like these storefronts that nobody's uh, like leasing, we can just put a pop-up art gallery in there. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck are you talking about? The landlord's going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, pop-up art gallery. Oh yeah, totally. Great. People great. just come through, coming through drinking wine and like, you know, touching my walls. Great. Yeah, great, great, fantastic. Super excited. Ex- excellent. Oh, I'm on the hook for mm-hmm. all the liability and uh, there's no one leasing the space. Sign me up for that tech bro. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm so fucking I this is the worst story I didn't think I was going to be this mad at this story isn't but this is the, I can't believe this isn't happening in San Jose that's how mad I am at this story it, well it kind of is we'll get to that in a few stories but Mayor Ed 209 is pretty much like that guy only he's the mayor um, So, but first the real mayor of the mission is speaking out about the need for more affordable housing fuck yeah the mayor of the mission Let's go down ballot. People living and working in San Francisco's Mission neighborhood also feeling the impacts too. Yeah, but as John Ramos shows us, the Mission has something downtown does not. It's become known as the Doom Loop, an economic spiral for a San Francisco downtown that never really recovered from the pandemic. The Mission District has its problems as well, but it has something that downtown doesn't, people. 
The people who populate the city's iconic Latinx neighborhood don't have the option of working remotely. They live in the area, or at least try to, and most survive on little more than their own ingenuity and hard work. Just see people who have nothing, not even social security card, yet wake up and make money to live, you know? So I think those people can use a little bit of compassion and a little bit of help. And that's where Roberto where's the uh, They don't have their own tech billionaire? By many as the mayor of the mission, Hernandez sees how his community is hurting after the pandemic. Even the dollar bargain stores have <clears throat> shut down. But rather than give up on the area, he approaches the problem with the typical resolve of a people who are used to having to do things themselves. The city has no plan to help our neighborhood, and so we've created our own plan. A coalition of neighborhood activists, including the Native American population, has developed a comprehensive plan called the Village SF. The idea is to create affordable housing complexes over marketplaces, or mercados, where individuals can rent inexpensive spaces to operate small businesses. Hernandez points to this empty lot as an example. And so here's an opportunity for us to buy this land and build housing and build a mercado. So like this uh, family here that has um, a fruit stand, imagine her being inside with her little, little space and we could have hundreds of different people in here. The plan envisions 2,300 new units of housing on currently unused properties with an option of home ownership. It also calls for a new residential treatment facility for indigenous people and there would be a multi-story wellness and community center on this lot next to the existing Friendship House for Native Americans. Mary Travis Allen, a lifelong American Indian activist, says it's about re-establishing natural balance to a neighborhood choked by concrete. Here, I want to show you something. Look at the plant breaking up through the concrete. We are here. Our life source is always here. We just need to get rid of this concrete so we can live and they can live. But this isn't just some feel-good concept. Hernandez traveled to Washington, D.C. to promote the project as part of President Biden's so-called Justice 40 initiative in which 40% of the infrastructure budget would be spent in underserved communities. I mean, how much are you asking for? Are you shooting big? Yeah, we're asking for three billion with the- Give this man three billion dollars. <laughs> dollars to be able to do this work. And we, we believe we can get it. We're the first ones that came up with a comprehensive plan for a community. It's not a surprise to Hernandez that they've been on their own to develop the plan. He says the city has always focused on attracting newcomers rather than investing in the people who have been here all along. Let's build office for accountants, let's build office for lawyer, law firms, you know, and then it was less the dot com and then the tech, right? Well, all that is collapsed, but we're still here. If the city would invest it in its communities, its natives, we would not be where we're at today. San Francisco would be thriving and we would not have a vacant downtown. It's a bold plan that focuses on the neediest rather than the most powerful. We have a once in a lifetime opportunity to do something re revolutionary, changing the way we think, the way we live, and most important is giving hope 
to our children and our youth for the future. Can it happen? Who knows? But if it requires people who aren't afraid of hard work, they've come to the right place. And San Francisco's home to 18,000 native people. They reportedly have the highest level of unemployment, the lowest level of home ownership, and are 17 times more unlikely, more likely to be unhoused. So we have uh, we've lost the councilman. I think it's probably internet uh, issues. Uh, I say give. You know what's fucked up is that the uh, the those two stories were kind of like in stark contrast. If you ask me, the tech bro, that crypto guy, kind of a piece of shit. I think. And then that the dude they were showing us, the mayor of the mission, uh, seemed pretty cool. And I, I hope he gets his three billion dollars. Uh, I don't know if you know. I don't know what his like. If 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 he'll, I don't know if he's going to be able to accomplish his goals. But fucking, it seems like I like the the mayor of the mission a lot more than I like the the the, the tech bro. So we're going to move on to the yeah, next no, I, I story the, here. Or maybe like the seems like we're on a significant delay here, Councilman. Um, we got this next story. We got Chesa Boudin got a new job at UC Berkeley, and apparently he has a, a hypothesis of some sort. We'll see, we'll see what the local news has to say about that. The internationally renowned Berkeley Law School has a new hire, a man who recently made national headlines. I want to do the deep thinking and the rigorous analysis to help elevate the conversation in the public square. The former San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Boudin, who was recalled last year, now named as the executive director of the new Criminal Law and Justice Center at UC Berkeley. The university says the center will be a research and advocacy hub to boost Berkeley Law's work around criminal justice. I may have hypotheses about what evidence or data will show, but we've got to do the work to see if it bears out. And if it doesn't, we need to make adjustments in the policies we're implementing because our safety is paramount. Perceptions about safety were at the forefront of the Boudin recall effort. He was elected San Francisco DA on a campaign of policing and public safety reforms. He was recalled in 2022, just two and a half years into his four-year term. His critics slammed him for being soft on crime, saying his progressive reforms were too lenient, making San Francisco less safe. That sometimes harsh criticism won't deter him from what's ahead. We've got to continue to do work that's informed by science and by evidence. We've got to continue to be principled, even in the face of uh, often, you know, uh, public discourse that's hostile, that's uh, disrespectful, and that is trying to move us backwards to failed policies. Boudin believes support for progressive policies continues to grow. He says, never say never, but for now, he's not interested in re-election. One of the reasons I decided not to run for re-election was because I was frustrated with the extent to which public policy making is devoid of, uh, of often facts, evidence, even short-term memory. Boudin says his new path is one that still allows him to stay committed to criminal justice reform and coming up with data-driven solutions to public safety challenges. We can debate you know, which policies are better and which feel better to us, but we've got to do the work. And that's what I'm excited about here at Berkeley Law, to be able to dig in and actually look at big picture data over time between counties, across states, and analyze. At UC Berkeley, Hansen Hassan, ABC 7 News. Good to see Chessa landed on his feet. Yeah, very much so. Are you kidding me okay? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, okay. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, very good to see that and glad to see that he's wised up and realized that uh, you can always do um, just as much, if not more, from outside the system uh, or from outside of government uh, than inside. Well, I would argue that maybe UC Berkeley kind of inside the system still. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, at least, you know, pseudo. Uh, or what's the word? Um, uh, quasi. 
but yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Being in academia and trying to work on this stuff is probably he's going to probably do a, a little bit better there because he's not like he's not like under the thumb of a bunch of people who are going to demand like immediate like results specific to their personal desires in society. Correct. And that's like that's an unreasonable thing for people to demand, especially from a, a district attorney. It's kind of a shame yeah. what happened to him because he was he was like definitely going the right way, but you know. He faced the wrath of the same people in that Rockridge uh, story that we let off with tonight. Uh, everywhere. Similar. They're, they're everywhere. They're in San Jose too. We're gonna, I, we'll have that on the next down ballot actually. So, Yeah, speaking but, of speaking San Jose, of, what do we got next? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, before we close it out, we just had to, we can't go a week without talking about how Mayor Ed 209 thinks homeless people are icky. Um, so he got together with some students who also think they're icky um, to talk about how they want to get rid of the icky oh. together. Yeah, so and somehow he tries to look magnanimous. I don't know how that's possible, but anyway, let's let's roll it. Mayor Matt Mahan told me tonight he wants law enforcement to visit the school to determine when it's to be done to make it safer. At the same time, he told me he wants to remove the unhoused from the area by providing them housing and services. We appreciate your attendance. Um, San Jose Mayor Matt Mahan 101 with students of Shutter Equip San Jose Collegiate in San Jose to hear their concerns. I saw your coverage of Alfredo and his classmates who are organizing to do something about the RVs and the encampments in the neighborhood and the negative impact it's having on the school. Last month we told you about the homeless encampments next to the school, trespassers on campus and needles found on lunch tables. Major Mahan says he has a plan to address safety on campus that includes installing security cameras. I think a next step would be to have our, our new police captain for this district come visit campus, maybe meet with the students as well, meet with the administration, and just uh, get an assessment of what exactly is going on and figure out what the department can do to help and, and how we can support. He says a short-term solution to the on-house population outside the school is to bring the homeless outreach team to the area. Longer term, I believe that the single most important thing we can do is scale up basic, safe housing, these quick build or interim housing communities. For Alberto Hernandez, an 11th grader who has been pushing for this since January, says hard work is finally paying off. I'm very grateful that, this, that the mayor was able to take time out of his day to um, you know, speak to you know, the youth um, here in the east side community and you know speak to the constituents in order to you know learn more about the experiences um, that the students here are facing. Kip Public Schools of Northern California sent a statement that says in part we know that a safe campus and community requires comprehensive coordination to ensure the well-being of all of our neighbors including the on-house community. We're committed to working with the district and the city of San Jose towards a resolution. In San Jose I'm Yomara Lopez, NBC, Bay Area News. Uh, he keeps talking about this temporary housing, but I, <clears throat> I mean, it, it, it ain't going to happen. Well, he's he's tried to make it happen by, uh, you know, making a initiating a major shift in funding uh, from the city that's meant to go towards permanent affordable housing um, through a ballot measure, um, but uh, he would now rather have it devoted strictly to shelters and emergency shelters and uh, you know uh, uh, interim housing um, strictly to get people off the streets. There's no intention of you know moving them on or getting them permanent housing or getting them off the streets entirely or preventing them from becoming homeless again in the future. It's really just about cleaning up the streets as quickly as possible so that 
you know, everyone who feels icky about seeing all the folks who are living on our streets, our neighbors, our, our friends, our fellow residents, um, they uh, they can feel better about themselves, right? And they they'll feel better about going out in downtown or in their local business district to enjoy commerce and spend their money, right? Um, similar to San Francisco with the the tech pro and, and his cleanup effort, right? It's 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 all in the same vein, um, and that's entirely what Ed Two Hundred Nine wants um, wants for San Jose. Just wants a nice, clean, vibrant city, which means let's sweep all the icky homeless people under the rug. Let's, you know, cover up everything we can, clean it up best we can, spruce it up real nice, and people will come. Um, but that's not really, like we've said, embracing what a city is all about. It's not really getting to the reality of the situation and meeting with a bunch of charter school kids isn't necessarily going to solve anything. Um, especially when their school apparently wasn't on board with the meeting. It seemed like they were caught, they were caught kind of off guard by this. Well, <clears throat> that's uh, we're getting to the end here, but we have and another thing. I can't believe yeah. what I'm reading on the fucking screen right here, honestly. Yeah, this is this is pretty awful. Um, we do like to focus on uh, animal interest, and sometimes it's sad. Um, so we're going to... It's sort of a crossover story with some other things we've been covering on Down Ballot. But uh, let's learn more about what happened here. If you couldn't tell oh. by these adorable videos, one-year-old Himalayan sheepdog poodle mixed pockets is a pooch with a love for the outdoors. Oh. I live in the area, and we we frequently come here. During a trip to Fort Mason Thursday, what pockets found on the ground was the beginning of a terrifying and eye-opening experience for owner Jackie. I noticed she went and was eating something, so I ran over to see what she was eating, and unfortunately, I it was poop. Nothing necessarily uncommon for dogs, but what happened several hours later was probably about eight o'clock and she was like wobbling and she was like her tail was down. She um, was deaf. Something was definitely wrong with her. Documents from emergency care showed pockets had symptoms from marijuana intoxication and there were opioids in her system. Frightening enough on its own, but something else was alarming. Essentially, the doctor on that night told me that this was relatively common and she sees it a few times a week. Dog owners we spoke with were understandably shocked at the news. Oh. That's horrible. That's that's my worst nightmare. And say it'll be hard to prevent their pets from eating things on the ground. I don't know how anybody could, could prevent this. Luckily, Pockets didn't ingest enough to need Narcan and is back to her old stick-chewing playful self. A healthcare professional told me Jackie did everything right and had the dosage been bigger, Pockets could have suffered kidney or liver damage. Jackie says she'll keep an even closer watch on her pet from now on and hopes her story will encourage others to do the same. There's so many people with dogs who probably don't know that this is a threat to their dogs. So I wanted to share it just to spread awareness and to make sure people are really careful and can look out for the symptoms of this. Okay, first of all, I'm just fucking... I'm highly skeptical of this story. The cannabis part especially. I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you feces? talking about? Yeah, like I, I've never heard of that in humans or in dogs, for that matter. Um, I yeah, I don't don't know what's going on here exactly. I don't know enough to to like really say, but I'm I color me incredibly skeptical. Um, but also, like chat was saying, chat was like bathrooms, bathrooms. But this is a park. Yeah. Why does somebody have to shit in the fucking field at a park? Shouldn't there be a bathroom at a park? Not. It's not a fort. It's not even a park. It's a fort. Fort Mason. They have like food trucks and shit out there. Don't they have bathrooms or porta potties or something? Right. Like, 
like again and not just for like <clears throat> it's not like let's give the dope fiends a fucking bathroom no what if that lady had to go to the bathroom sure absolutely it's, it's for the public let it, the pub, it's let called the, the public shit. there should be fucking public restrooms and sometimes right. public restrooms aren't always the cleanest but it's better than no public restroom my god give the people what they want and, and what poop. they want is a place to take a dump or pee or, and a good and a good latte and a good latte which you could find anywhere <laughs> you actually don't need signage for that i could make one i could go i think i will make one right now actually all right oh, well but, i guess that's that's been our show it's been uh, fucking infuriating as usual um uh, here's here's a, here's a nickel peasants uh, go put some lights in the alleyway so people aren't afraid of your neighborhood anymore and um and uh don't let your dog eat the fentanyl poop i don't know what else to say <laughs> you want to read the show out councilman for sure thank you so much for joining us as always we do down ballot every friday night at 7 30 p.m pacific except when we don't stay tuned for conspiracy bingo with producer dave and all sorts of madness and uh, make sure you download your bingo cards right away of course make sure you get vaccinated uh wear a mask if it's appropriate pants are optional especially at costco no one cares there um and this is a uh, audible smoke we will see you and hear you and love you next week <laughs> To get the party started Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing green Sit at the front of the stage waiting for MTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing We now get the fuck up on and rock the scene, yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man. You know where we are We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing And you know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band A stoner E, of course, shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the U.S. economy The truth is, is that I don't think logically Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey Now inside, motherfuckers is rocking me And outside, shit, we smoke a lot of broccoli 
Rockin' the rollie, all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do a slap We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live? Then join our Discord server at discord.me slash echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the now space on Discord at discord.me slash echoplex. <laughs>